Hello and welcome back to another episode of Technically Speaking. I'm Morgan Neal. And I'm Alicia Thomas. And this will be our last episode of 2019. So today we're going to do kind of like a fall semester recap, kind of go through basically all the big the big hits of the semester, what happened, why it happened. Um, so if you haven't been following the news all semester, this is a great episode to listen to because um, we're literally going to take you from August through December. Um, and everything that's basically happened at NC State um, and in the Raleigh community that we feel is newsworthy and important. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So um, to start off the 2019-2020 school year, um, school year kind of started out with a bang. Yeah. Um, so the vice chancellor of DASA, the former vice cha- chancellor of DASA, Mike Mullen, was, Mike Mullen resigned um, after... The NC State College Republicans posted a statement on social media condemning two of his tweets. These are the tweets. This was the first tweet, and I'll read it verbatim. But now, the GOP is the party of the NRA, neo-Nazis, the KKK, and all manner of alt-right crazies. You have betrayed your history. And the second tweet was sitting in the Renaissance lounge, working, listening to three redneck businessmen discussing Democratic moms and violence. Lots of coded language. Hashtag blood boiling. Mm. Um, <laughs> Those are not good tweets when you're the uh, vice chancellor of the Division of Academic and Student Affairs. Yeah. So uh, there, actually, these tweets were actually tweeted out in November ago, right? of yeah. 2017 no 2018 yeah. and I guess another news outlet um a like kind of conservative, conservative blog wasn't it yeah, yeah conservative blog picked it up towards the beginning of August and it got caught the attention of the leaders of NC State College Republicans and so then they decided to put out a statement about how they did not think that a an academic leader of his standing of his um in his position yeah should not like say those sorts of things in such right. a public platform when he in his bio in his twitter handle right, says yeah. nc state he's kind of the voice for nc state or a voice of nc state so they believe that um and you'll have to go back to the statement to get like the actual wording, but it was not representative of the entire campus community. So that same day that they sent out that statement, um, and they sent out that statement around like noon, I remember. A few hours later, Dr. Mullen announced his resignation saying he decided to step down from his role as vice chancellor and dean for DASA immediately, um, and that he was stepping down for personal reasons. And then his last day Friday, August 16th, and it was never confirmed by Mullen or the university that his resignation was connected to the statement by college Republicans, but I I think it would be fair to say they were connected. Yeah, It was kind of weird that they happened on the same day. Yeah, I think there's no question that there's, there's a connection there, between there's the a, two, and yeah. I know we, on our, one of our first episodes was like about this issue um kind of going forward so yeah that all happened right before we even got back to school really (coughs) yeah uh before classes started um so with mike mullen gone that was probably the one of the biggest early stories of the school year um kind of moving right along into kind of the august area so obviously a big part of what coming back to school in august is wolfpack welcome week 
Um, this year we had another great pack of Palooza, even though it was wet and raining. Um, it was still a lot of fun. Delta Ray capped off the performance for the night, which was great. Uh, another exciting development that happened early this semester was that New Belgium Brewing uh, announced that they were going to partner with NC State to produce what we all know and love now as Old Tuffy, which <coughs> is going to basically produce a new fermentation science program within North Carolina State University. Um, I know that has had a really big uh, impact in its first three months of being sold, which is really awesome because not only is it great, I mean, it's Old Tuffy, yeah. but it also is, you know, um, funding this new minor that um, NC State now offers that kind of deals with fermentation and brewing and beer and you know everything in between which is another really kind of cool aspect of our of our commitment to i guess education with business i mean that's nc state for you yeah and it's also it's also really cool because nc state's the only university in north carolina that has right such a big brand connected to the university and i think like overall sales within the first three months completely exceeded what they thought right was gonna sell by like a few like ten thousand in in the wake county area so that was oh, yeah, a big then, win. I remember when it first was being sold, and it was just at like a couple stores around campus, but now you can pretty much find it anywhere, at least in the Triangle yeah. um, region. And they're now selling alcohol in the stadium, which is another development that happened this year thanks to the General Assembly. So I've seen a lot of people drinking Old Tuffy actually at games and stuff now. Yeah, because um, why wouldn't you? Right. <laughs> My favorite thing is watching UNC people drink Old, Old Tuffy. Tuffy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, so that was exciting. And tasty, I guess. Refreshing. <laughs> I don't know. How do you like Old Tuffy? You're 21. Uh, it's great. I endorse it. But that's not a technician endorsement. That's a Lorcan endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it depends <laughs> on who you are, but can mean a lot. Right, yeah, just to clarify. Or nothing at all. <laughs> um, and moving forward after that. Um, just more somber. To each their own, I guess, about this. Um, the director was it controversial, maybe? Maybe. So, um, in I think it was, and I'm gonna double check the date right now. But oh yeah, so the end of September. At the end of September, it was announced that Dr. Jessica Murphy or Dr. Barry Olson announced that Dr. Jessica Murphy, who was the director of student involvement, would be leaving the university um and it was a really short message it was literally just jessica murphy is no longer with the university we thank her f- thank her for her service wish her the best and in the coming days we'll establish a transitional leadership for the unit and that was pretty much it um so the students re- involvement office if you don't know um their responsibilities include advising student government you advising university activity board and as well or, well, in addition, they oversee um, the organization, the structure of student organizations. So all of that goes through student involvement. So if you're involved in it with a club on campus, right. you probably have heard of student involvement in one yeah. in some capacity. So anyway, the director of student involvement left the university at the end of September. And this was after several student leaders, including current and previous student body presidents, um, described an unhealthy, even toxic work environment created by Dr. Murphy's lack of communication, lack of respect for student auto- autonomy, and lack of trustworthiness. Wow. Yeah. And Dr. Murphy came into her role 
I believe, in January 2018 and was in that role for so about almost coming up on two years at that point. Which is not really a long time. <coughs> no, it was two, well, three if you count. So she did three student body presidents for really. Right, and I think, I mean, Jess Erico was cited in the the, the article that you wrote, right? Yeah. About so. kind of Murphy's lack of ability to work with students and that she really wasn't really wasn't, you know, fulfilling her duties that are outlined in her job, which is to be the director of student involvement, to support these student organizations, to support student government, to support student leaders. Um, I mean, I feel like we've heard rumors of this for a while. Yeah. That something was kind of not right in student involvement. So at least from my point of view, I can say I wasn't necessarily that surprised when I saw that Murphy was leaving. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought maybe it was more of like a matter of time before the university did something about it. Obviously, if you have somebody who's working that closely with students and they're creating a toxic work environment, um, that's really the last thing you want in you know, a member of staff. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, I don't know, going forward, student involvement, I, I guess they're still looking for a new director or? yeah michelle kurtz is right as of now still the interim gotcha. director of student involvement it's actually kind of crazy though within that two-year span five members of the pro- professional staff left the student involvement office wow um either were asked to resign or resigned on their own wow yeah so something wasn't themselves. right i mean that's not that's not normal. Yeah. Hopefully things are on the up and up for the student involvement <laughs> yeah, office. I feel like, always, I feel like in, I've been here, what, four years now? I feel like there's always been something with student involvement. Yeah, in that position. Every single year. Before Dr. Murphy came into her role, I think that position was kind of empty for yeah. a good chunk of time. I don't want to put I know, a right. number Yeah, on I feel it, like you're right on that as well. I don't yeah. remember. I don't, it's hard for me to think of who was before her. I, I um, know who it was, and she, but I don't remember her name. Regardless, <laughs> SI is a mess right now. Is it, is it a mess? <laughs> well, it seems like a bit of a mess to me. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm not in the SI. <laughs> um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next. We'll see what they do in 2020, right? Yeah, hopefully. Um, this is a recap episode. We can we can uh, predict the future and hope that we're right. Lorcan can. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully like a change in leadership. Yeah, we'll be will... good for the not only student government, but um, basically everybody involved with SI. Yeah, send SI to the right direction. And I think they are. Like, I haven't really heard anything. Mm-hmm. That's good. Crazy. So that's good. In addition, leader of the pack, which we choose every single year. Um, It's based off of a whole slew of different things, you know, GPA. Yeah. Um, a whole involvement, period, or yeah. process and stuff like that. Involvement on campus, mm-hmm. extracurriculars, things like that. Anyway, the after many very eligible candidates, it was a tough choice, a tough picking for the leader of the pack this year. But an announcement was made during the halftime of NC State versus Clemson game during homecoming that Sam Chan, um, a senior studying political science. And communication. I think she's in communication with me as well. Political science and communication, double major, uh, was named the leader of the pack. Um, Obviously, the leader of the pack recognizes students who make astounding contributions to the NC State community in areas of leadership, scholarship, and community service. And Sam Chan gets a $3,000 scholarship and a class ring, which is pretty dope. Yeah, I really can't think of anybody probably more deserving of this award than Sam. Uh, I've literally known her for pretty much my entire college career. I think we were in the same orientation group even back in the day. 
Uh, we've worked together in various <laughs> roles, and she's really a great student leader, a great public servant. Um, so I was really happy to see her win this. I mean, I think she makes up everything that you would want in Leader of the Pack. Yeah. Um, she's done a lot and, of mental health advoc- advocacy right, on campus. Right, and representing, not only representing NC State, but really just trying to uplift kind of everybody around her. And she's all, I mean, all four years, I can think of examples of which she's done that. So, yeah. And I've literally n- have never met a human right. who knows Sam Chan <laughs> that does not like Sam Chan. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's like university liked. Um, so. That's awesome for Sam again. Congratulations to her again. Morgan, We're, you want to do sports stuff? Because I got no yeah, clue. Yeah, so I'll do a quick run through of the sports. Obviously, if you guys want a more in-depth sports analysis, make sure you check out Technician Sports Coverage, either on Twitter, at Tech Sports, or Sports also does their own podcast where all they talk about is sports. So if you that's your thing. Um, first in Tech, baby. Yeah, go listen to First in Tech. Um, it's really great. They pump out a lot of episodes and do a lot of different coverage. So we're just going to hit the highlights, uh, mainly football and then basketball. So basically, pretty much as we all know, this was not our year when it came to football. We finished 4-8, and eight, uh, 1-7 and seven in ACC play. Uh, um, lost to UNC in the final game. Uh, this ended a streak of not five straight. <laughs> yeah, God. Ended a streak of five straight bowl game appearances under head coach Dave Doran. So I guess the question is like once obviously we knew we weren't going to a bowl. The question was what changes are going to be made. So in a statement released basically right after we lost to UNC that Saturday, I think it was on Monday, uh, Dorn and our athletic director, Boo Corrigan, um, announced that Dorn will return for his eighth season in 2020 and that they were going to be making a lot of changes about the defensive and offensive staff. For example, they have fired defensive coordinator Dave Huxtable, um, who had been there basically Dorn's entire tenure, I think, or close to it. Um, no idea <laughs> which I guess is good they're making changes um, I would say this is like a make or break year coming for Doran yeah I would say so too um, I mean he did have back to back nine win seasons which is great but I mean obviously you can't go four and eight back to back seasons and I think want to keep your job especially at the level of which you know we want our program to be at um, but I think there are some positives coming going into next season um, I know Jalen Harrington our sports or our football beat writer did a big piece on this where so while we did have a pretty bad year this year, but only losing three starters, and those are all coming from the defensive side, um, we're bringing in a solid recruiting class, um, nine players who missed injuries. I mean, we had so many injury problems this year. Just We had so many freshmen playing because of injuries, but nine players who missed significant time due to injuries um, should be coming. will we'll be coming back in 2020. Uh, because we fired Dave Huxtable, we'll have a new defensive coordinator in Tony Gibson. Um, so that really, that kind of leads the last, not the last question, but pretty much the main question heading to 2020 for NC State football is who's their quarterback going to be? Um, cause I think one of the main problems for us this year is you can't play three quarterbacks and expect to win games. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I say it like I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Uh, and in the most surprising turn events in NC State football pertaining to technician, um, yours truly came in sixth. And pigskin picks. Very nice. I was in first at, <laughs> and tied for second for a really long time. But and then you then, stopped picking against NC State? I, no, I was still picking NC State. <laughs> I was the, I'm pretty sure I was the only person devoted to making NC State win other than Tom Stafford. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, maybe they can bring you on as like a coordinator next year. You can oh, be the new offensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll do so much better with me different. as a football coach. Um, let's see here. So transitioning from our 
transitioning from our sad football team into something that's probably the best in terms of athletic-wise, NC State, is our women's basketball team, Heck which yeah. is currently ranked number nine in the nation, and we're still undefeated at 10-0, and 0, at least when this was recorded. Um, so head coach Wes Moore is basically trying to build off basically two straight Sweet 16 appearances in the NCAA tournament. Thank God. Um, yeah, being ranked number 10 is huge so he was this this is his seventh year at the helm of nc state women's basketball and this year is also a big year for him because he became the 11th active and the 22nd all-time women's basketball coach to reach 700 wins um when the team beat uncw earlier this year uh nc state women's basketball i think is gonna be really good continuing on into the new year as they make a as they make a kind of play for the ncaa tournament and probably make another run in it um they're led by a lot of veterans who've been on the sweet those Sweet 16 teams, including Ashlyn Cohen, Kayla Jones, Kai Crutchfield, as well as the really phenomenal freshman uh, wing and Jackie Brown-Turner. So if you haven't been to a women's basketball game, I highly encourage you to head out. They play in Reynolds, uh, so it's super convenient to get to. Reynolds is a beautiful coliseum. Um, NC State women's basketball is playing some really great basketball. So I look forward to seeing how they do in the new year. And then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about NC State men's basketball because who doesn't want to talk about Kevin Keats? This is his third year as head coach. Um, And while we missed the NCAA tournament last year, we're looking to go back hopefully a second time in three years. Um, The team is mainly led by Markel Johnson, who's a senior. If you were watching the game last weekend against UNCG, you saw him hit that buzzer beater from half court to move the team to eight and two. Um, So hopefully we barely missed the tournament last year. So hopefully we'll finally kind of get over the crutch this year get over the ledge and make the tournament and make a run um another great thing about nc state men's basketball is that kevin keats can recruit he's not only a winner but he can recruit because according to 247 sports nc state's 2020 recruiting class ranked fifth in the nation at the moment only behind tennessee unc duke and kentucky so if we can bring in another strong recruiting class there's no reason that keats can't keep building on the program he's already built in raleigh and we'll have a great basketball team going forward um, so that's it for kind of the sports recap for this semester. Basketball will continue into the spring. I'm sure we'll be doing more coverage of it. Um, but yeah, so go pack. Yeah, and moving back to more news. <laughs> back to more real life. <laughs> stuff. Not that sports isn't real life and is not important and is not news. But um, Get into some politics is what I yeah. enjoy. So in October, on October 8th, Marianne Baldwin was elected the new mayor of Raleigh. Baldwin took over from four-term mayor Nancy McFarlane, who decided not to run for re-election in 2019. Baldwin and the rest of Raleigh City Council took office on December 2nd. NC State also has a new city council member, Sage Martin, a graduate student in the College of Design, and he beat the incumbent Kay Crowder. The Mm -hmm. city council looks a lot different than it did before the October elections because five out of the eight members are new to the council. The new members are Marianne Baldwin, Jonathan Melton, um, Sage Martin, Patrick Bluffkin, and David Knight. So hopefully we'll see some progress and some yeah. unity within the city council to get some things done that haven't been done in the past because of a lot of partisan Inter- yeah. politics. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I know we did an episode on the municipal elections um, back in October. It was kind of a weird year for Raleigh politics in terms of you had this, I think is what kind of was really determined by this Yimby and <laughs> NIMBY movement. So yes, in my backyard or not in my backyard. So a lot of the incumbents on the city council were called NIMBYs. 
because not in my backyard, I guess, means not in Raleigh anymore. Um, and you saw a lot of them defeated. Um, hence, we've got five new members to the city council um, with a, basically a whole new look to it, a whole new set of initiatives. So I'm excited. Hopefully they can get some affordable housing projects enacted, some more um, accessible transportation. It's definitely kind of a new era for Raleigh politics. Like, and we'll see what happens in the new year. I know they've already been planning some affordable housing initiatives, <laughs> which will be um, interesting to see if those actually come to fruition because I know that was something that the city councils of past really got hung up on was what to do with the, the housing crisis in Raleigh. Um, so we'll be watching that, reporting on that. So make sure to check back in with Technician um, and technically speaking as the new council kind of gets up and running. And in the biggest NC State news, I think, yeah, that happened this semester on November 13th, Turning Point USA hosted Charlie Kirk and Laura Trump in Tally as part of Kirk's Culture War series. Um, and it was the NC State chapter of Turning Point USA. Um, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the event and an incident that occurred right before the event that gained national mm, yeah. attention. Yeah. Um, so basically what had happened was um, I think Turning Point and their members were in the free expression tunnel, um, a place where students can express their First Amendment rights. Right. Um, spray painting um, in order to promote the event that would occur. This I think this happened on a Monday night, so it was like on that Wednesday night to promote the Wednesday night event. When members of No Hate NC State, the No Hate NC State Coalition, started walking through the tunnel after their meeting to hold a counter-protest of the event, and they were walking through the tunnel, and they saw Turning Point members spray painting the free expression tunnel so they just started decided to spray paint over right um what they were spray painting so i guess one student put himself between, between. <laughs> a student who was spray painting and the, the wall. wall and guess what happened claimed that um that student spray painted him in the face yeah <laughs> which i mean if you go and look at the video if you go and look in the video it's pretty obvious that he moves his face towards where the other student is trying to also exercise their constitutionally protected First Amendment right. So one of the main reasons why this was picked up by such national news outlets was because the student who was allegedly spray painted in the face, even though if you look at the video, he did it to himself, was Jack Bishop. And Jack Bishop is obviously a member of Turning Point USA, but his father is Congressman Dan Bishop from Charlotte, who just was elected there recently in the special election with Dan McCready. Um, so, of course, Turning Point kind of ran with this narrative, um, as well as Charlie Kirk calling the No Hate at NC State Coalition socialist thugs, which I would love to know where they got that name from. <coughs> because, I, you know, I got, I got the impression that, uh, you know, Turning Point wants to have their cake and eat it at the same time, that, you know, they want to be at a free paint the free expression tunnel but like when somebody else comes comes back to try and exercise their same constitutional right that turning point is supposedly you know trying to protect and uphold and promote mm -hmm. you know they get pissed off about it and then try and block somebody else from doing what they just did so i mean that this was even before the event took place luckily this was probably the most i don't know tension-filled moment of the whole turning point culture war event um they had a kind of protest during the event, right? Yeah. Um, and there were about, 
at one point, I think the highest peak number was about a thousand people participating wow. in the counter protest. And there were, or in the protest. And then there were about 800, an estimated 800 people in line to see, or in line for the Turning Point USA event. Oh, yeah. And it was a really interesting thing to see on campus. I think the only time we've ever really seen like this much partisan on campus beforehand was when um, the Sullivan Squad group messages right, were coming yeah, out. I remember that. Um, and there was a lot of controversy surrounding that as well. But you could really see a divide between the like two sides of the NC State community, which was yeah. um, interesting to be a witness of. Yeah, I will say, um, thankfully, you know, the counter protest and the people attending the event, nothing turned violent, which is really awesome. Um, all in all, I'd say that the whole event was kind of a win for free speech on campus and NC State as a whole. As a whole, yeah. Um, because I really have to commend the No Hate at NC State Coalition for the protests that they organized. It was really awesome to see so many students come together and voice their opinions, while at the same time not preventing a speaker from coming to campus. It's always a really difficult decision, right, for the university to make with somebody like Charlie Kirk, who is controversial. Um, and I will say, says a lot of flatly wrong things, disgusting things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, NC State's a public institution. Um, so, it, you know, you know the I don't know how you would even go about regulating free speech on campus if you say Charlie Kirk can't come to campus. So I think definitely the right move was to let him come to campus and then basically have exactly what played out happen. So I know I was very proud of to be an NC State student that night in terms of not only was there's such a widespread support against Charlie Kirk, but also that nothing actually really bad happened that um, the university kind of, the university and the students, I think, in my opinion, handled it very well. Yeah, and it was definitely a very beautiful example of students advocating for what they believe in, right? whether it is on the right or the left. Um, right. Just the amount of political activism that's happening um, in, within the student body was something really cool to see happen um, on our campus. I encourage anybody who wants to read more about that, go to Technician's website. I know Alicia did a ton of coverage for it all night. Um, there's also a really great video that our video section produced that kind of talks to people from both sides and kind of gets opinions from both sides, which I think is really interesting to watch just by itself. Yeah. Um, so I encourage anybody to go to our website and check that out. So moving from that protest to a protest we actually just covered in a previous episode, the kind of final, I guess, event that probably happened on campus was a graduate student protest um, where graduate students are basically advocating for higher stipends, uh, not having to pay as much as student fees, asking for a living wage so that they can continue to do not only their PhD or master's programs, but also teach classes and like survive at the same time. I mean, we, should, yeah. we I think we should want our I think we should want our graduate students to be able to live, you know, <laughs> a life, you know, and not have to be wonder where, you know, how they're going to put food on the table. Exactly. Um, because I mean, they're adding so much to our university at the same time. Um, so go back to our previous episodes, listen to more of that. It's really kind of a fascinating aspect of NC State's higher education program that really doesn't get as much attention as it really should. Yeah, we don't really can we don't really realize how how much grad students are a part of the NC State right. community and how much they're overlooked right. when making big decisions. Right. 
so with that, that pretty much concludes our semester recap. Uh, and we have one more thing, or at least just a special announcement for everybody. Yeah, so Lorcan will be continuing the podcast in 2020 um, till the end of the school year, but I am not going to be part of Technically Speaking or Technician this semester because I'm moving to D.C. for an internship. But hopefully we will get you guys with a an awesome co-host and Lorcan and whoever that co-host may be are going to do a phenomenal job. I'm going to be the number one listener and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and maybe they won't be sick as often as me. <laughs> um, yeah, first of all, this is sad but also happy. I think we've been colleagues for... <laughs> My what? entire time at Technician. So yeah. I'm a junior, so since I was a freshman. Yeah, we've been colleagues and friends for a really long time. Um so it's definitely going to be weird not having Alicia around, but it's definitely going to be a big shoes to fill for anybody who takes her spot. Um, but I can't wait to see the big thing she does in D.C. It should be a lot of fun to keep watching that. And uh, I imagine you'll be back around technician. I won't be here next year. But... Yeah, if someone hires me, I'll be here. <laughs> um, so, again, just want to thank Alicia for everything that she's done. Thank you, Morgan. Um, Couldn't have done it without you. Uh, believe me, you held this together uh, a lot more than I did. So... That's kind of a sad note to end on, but happy at the same time. So I'll still be around. So if I don't, we'll, we'll find a good host, but you might just have to listen to me for a little bit. But with that, we want to wish everybody a happy holidays, a safe holidays, a happy new year. We won't see you. It'll be a, a whole decade will have passed. Right. We'll be into the new you. roaring 20s the next time. Yeah. Not, yeah. The next time you hear our, my voice, at least, it'll be the new decade. We well, can I'll start exploring. Back on the podcast. It'll be the roaring 20s, too. That's true. Yeah. Um, so with that, see y'all in the twenties. Yeah. So with that, I'm Lorcan Neal. I'm Alicia Thomas. And this is technically speaking. <laughs>